welcome to day 352 of Shaped by the Word, Season 2 of the Drama of Scripture. I'm Paul Kemp here and with the Kreskis, that would be Matthew and Katie, uh, as we continue to read uh, through the book of you know, Revelation. Uh, David could not join us today. Uh, according to Katie and Google, he has conjunctivitis, and so we are deeply uh, missing him. If you need any diagnosis of any kind, please call Katie because she has Google. Yep, and, and WebMD. She can, she can look, look it up. <laughs> uh, as we read, uh, we went to the end of chapter one, and there's just kind of this, you know, uh, mystery that's already solved. Min, you know, many of the symbols in uh, in Revelation will be solved for us. We get a little excited a little bit too early. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, chapter one ends with, right, therefore, what you've seen, what is now, and what will take place later, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven golden lampstands is this. Seven stars are angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are, are the seven churches. Uh, so these uh, seven stars being angels or the messengers of the churches, maybe a human messenger or a pastor you know, of the church, or maybe you know, symbolic of the supernatural presence, uh, you know, the one who's delivering the message or looking over you know, the churches as well. Uh, so we read uh, these letters to the seven churches. And of course, these are seven historical churches. And if you follow a map, it's kind of a circular you know, pattern from where you know, John is uh, on the Isle of Patmos, which is, if you're going to be exiled, it would be an awesome place to be exiled. It's kind of a nice little Mediterranean <laughs> island you know, with the light, you know, white cliffs and the blue water and things like that. Uh, but in this moment, he's separated from the people of God, and he has a heart for the people of God, and especially in their suffering. Uh, so in chapter 2 and chapter 3, we, we have Jesus addressing each one of the churches. And uh, we can also hear him you know, addressing us as well. So before we uh, you know, turn and read, uh, we, we, we offer ourselves, we offer the moment to the Lord. We pray as David prayed that uh, you know, God would open our eyes, that we behold you know, wonderful things from his law. And especially as we come to the book of Revelation, you know, not simply to have our curiosity satisfied, but to have our hearts enlarged with the vision that gives us of Christ Jesus and his work in us. So, Matt, uh, you mind lifting us up in prayer as yeah. we begin? Let's pray. Father, we are grateful for your word and grateful for um, the book of Revelation that reminds us that you are sovereign. Um, you are in control of all things. And even as we just thought about the seven stars and the seven churches. Uh, what an image that you continue to be intimately involved with your church. And Father, you love um, your people, and, and we ask that you would um, you would draw near to us as we draw near to you, that you would grow us up in this time through your word, build us up. Um, Father, help us to see uh, your glory and, and the glory of Jesus as we read. Um, Father, we thank you for this time together. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. One of the beautiful patterns you'll find in this, you know, in these uh, in letters to the churches, is Christ identifies Himself in a way that is relevant to the circumstances uh, that they're experiencing, and then He evaluates their heart and their commitment to Him. So we begin with a letter to the church in Ephesus, Revelation chapter two, and verse one. To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write: These are the words of Him who holds the seven stars in His right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and you found them false. You've persevered and endured hardship for my name, and you have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You've forsaken the love that you had at first. 
Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. But you have this in your favor. You hate the practices of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. To the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These are the words of him who is first and last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews, but are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death, and I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. To the angel of the church in Pergamum write, These are the words of him who has the sharp double-edged sword. I know where you live, where Satan has his throne, yet you remain true to my name. Do not renounce your faith in me, not even in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was put to death in your city where Satan lives. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. There are some among you who are holding fast to the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to entice Israelites to sin, so that they ate food sacrificed to idols and committed sexual immorality. Likewise, you also have those who hold to the teaching of the Nicolaitans. Repent, therefore. Otherwise, I'll soon come to you and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who is victorious, I'll give some of the hidden man. I'll also give that person a white stone with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. To the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes just had a mechanical. These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire, and whose feet are burnished bronze. I know your deeds, your love, your faith, your service and perseverance uh, that you're now doing uh, more than you did at first. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet. By her teaching, she misleads my servants into sexual immorality and the eating of food sacrificed idols. I've given her time to repent of her immorality, but she is unwilling. So I'll cast her on a bed of suffering and I'll make those who commit adultery with her suffer intensely unless they repent of her ways. I will strike her children dead, then all the churches will know that I am he who searches hearts and minds, and will repay each of you according to your deeds. Now I say to the rest of you in Thyatira, to you who do not hold to her teaching and have not learned Satan's so-called deep secrets, I will not impose on you any other burden except to hold to what you have until I come. To the one who is victorious and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nation. That one will rule them with an iron scepter and will dash them to pieces like pottery, just as I have received authority from my Father. I will also give that one the morning star. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So sorry for the interruption in reading. Part of reading from an iPad is you (laughs) sometimes push buttons that take you to different windows and have to find your way back. And uh, we did find our way back. And uh, we did find ourselves in the middle of some really nice you know, letters. One of the most convicting to me is, of course, the church in Ephesus, which sounds like uh, the perfect church. 
you know, a church you would want to join because their theology is tight, their perseverance is tight, uh, they're able to discern false teaching and to distinguish it, yet they've lost, uh, you know, their passion for the Lord. And say, well, that, that, that's not really that big a deal. Jesus says it's a super big deal. If you don't remember where you've come from, repent and do the things that you did at first, uh, when your, your love was, was fresh and when your passion was great, I'm going to remove your lampstand. Mm-hmm. And of course, the lampstand was their very, uh, and the very heart of who they were as a church. Mm-hmm. In other words, they're no longer a church if they've lost their first love, you know, for Christ. Part of me wonders, like, were they just really good? Had they just gotten really good at at doing the things that they needed to do? And I can deeply relate to that. You know, you you at first do start with such passion and excitement for what you're doing, and empowered by the Spirit and um, there's just a newness there. And then once the newness wears off, you kind of start going through the motions and um, still on paper, it looks like you're doing everything right. But your heart, I mean, Jesus knows our hearts and he knows the heart of this church. And um, so that he, the fact that he can see that and speak to it, um, and he does that with us too. But yeah, I just, I feel like maybe that's what where they've found themselves is just kind of going through the motions, still doing doing the things, but not necessarily with the right heart. I love to thinking about the kind of the structure of these, you know, that it, all of them began and they begin with this, these statements, like these are the words of him. And it draws us back to those images that we saw in the first chapter, you know, so if sometimes when we're reading scripture, we just kind of just follow chapters, you know, we miss that this was written as that, that letter to be kind of read in a sitting and, and mm-hmm. to see those images that this great vision that John just had of Jesus you know, is the same one who is now speaking to these churches. But mm-hmm. I love how it begins with, these are the words of him. And then when it closes it, to each church, it says, whoever has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says. Mm-hmm. You know, and there is no kind of uh, separation They're between one. what Jesus does and the Spirit does. You know, we're seeing the unity of the Godhead here played out and his care for the church. And each one it says, you know, here's something you've done. Here's what I have against you. And, and now repent, you know, and, and just all of life is, is repentance of learning what it looks like to follow Jesus, to hear the words of the Spirit, um, to lean into repentance and, and to continue to persevere. Uh, and no doubt that, um, you know, if we take Revelation, I guess, you know, probably the best way to experience Revelation would be to read it, you know, as you said, in one sitting and to read it over and over again. And then the next best thing to do would be to read the Old Testament over and over <laughs> yeah. and over again until finally you're, you're hearing echoes, you know, from the beginning of the book. A lot of the images that we see in chapter 1, we'll see in chapter 22, and we'll hear them again, and it ties it together in a nice way. And a lot of the images that we're hearing, we, we've seen in the prophets, you know, in the Old Testament as well. And Katie, I think you had a, a, a beautiful point. All their works are you know, works that from the outside looking in look to be exactly what you would want to experience in the church, but there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And, and those works, you know, in this particular instance, and, and we always have a, you know, trouble with the gospel, you know, but where do our works fit in? And, and our works fit in as a response, a loving response to the Lord, which are the fruit of his work in our life. And no sooner do we kind of take control of our own works and do them dutifully as a gift, you know, as a, as a you know, as a, a sense of pleasing Him in our own strength, that, that they lose their power and they lose their heart and they lose their center, and that makes them, you know, even though they, they they look lively, that makes them dead works. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, works that are not enlivened by a passion, you know, for Christ and produced by the Spirit of Christ, you know, are, are simply, uh, you know, works of the flesh or human effort. Mm-hmm. And they may look good. I mean, uh, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you have a nice case of that. Mm-hmm. Is there anything we should hit in the, in the other, you know, in the other nice. one of the churches that, as man has already pointed out, the. Uh, what do you do when you find yourself, you know, the Lord looking in your life and evaluating, you know, your works, you know, congratulating you maybe in many instances mm-hmm. and in many instances, you know, criticizing you, you know, what do you, what do, you do? Uh, you, you repent. Mm-hmm. And, and, of course, you know, the way that he laid out, you know, that uh, for, you know, for the uh, church in Ephesus. Remember those early days. And, of course, you know, for those of us who, are, you know, are married, that a lot of times that, that's <laughs> awesome as well for us to remember the passion you know that we had for another remember those early days uh repent and do the things you did at first Mm -hmm. in other words go back to those simple principles that expressed first love and and all of that Mm -hmm. well we've gone well past our time for this one so katie do you mind closing Mm -hmm. us with a word of prayer Absolutely. And I do emphasize, Katie, we've gone well past our time for this one. <laughs> Not a five-minute prayer? <laughs> You're fine. All right. You're fine. <laughs> Father, we always have time for prayer. <laughs> Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for these letters that we still get to read today um, that were written from you, said by you. Um, what, what a gift it is that we can still read them and, and be affected by them, changed by your Spirit through them. And um, so, Father, wherever we find ourselves today, as we listen to this, as we read um, this chapter, God, whether we are um, hurting and finding ourselves um, maybe even facing persecution or suffering, Lord, would we be encouraged by what you said? Um, Whether we find ourselves maybe um, just having forgotten our first love, um, God, would you bring us back? And remind us of your goodness toward us, shown to us in Christ Jesus. It's in his name we pray these things. Amen.